Welcome to the Driving for Better Business podcast, celebrating women working in transport, fleet management and road safety. Now, driving and riding for work presents one of the biggest risks that businesses need to address. Employers have a duty of care responsibility and managing this risk requires employers to ensure the company must not do anything that puts their drivers or riders at risk and that the company's work-related driving activities must not endanger other road users. Today, I'm delighted that Chief Constable Joe Shiner from Sussex Police is joining me. Joe, a very warm welcome to the Driving for Better Business podcast. Your policing career has spanned now nearly three decades of public service. What drew you to joining the police? Uh, thanks very much indeed. Uh, and it sounds like it's going to be a great series of podcasts. Um, truly, truly, it was to make a difference. Uh, I know a number of people kind of say that, but it, it really was. Um, you know, our, our family went through uh, a really difficult experience when my father was killed when I was a teenager on the roads, uh, which I do talk about um, in order to bring that lived experience, I suppose, to the roads policing portfolio. But after that um, uh, and, the, and that experience, I knew that I could probably make a difference. Uh, and so policing was quite a natural choice for me. Thanks, Joe. Um, that's really interesting. A lot of our um, passionate um, ways of dealing with um, issues comes from experience. And you've served in three forces, Norfolk, Kent, and now Sussex. Um, and how important has this collaboration and partnership been to keeping communities and people safe? I'm a true believer uh, that in order to make a proper difference, we absolutely have to work together. Um, and actually, the very thrust of our new strategy is about policing our roads together, because we all bring very different elements to that, whether or not it's about road furniture, whether it's about enforcing speed, whether it's education, whatever it is about making our roads safer, unless we work in collaboration and partnership, then actually it would be virtually impossible, I would argue, to make our communities and particularly our roads and therefore those communities who use our roads and live amongst them, which is virtually everybody, uh, keep them safe. So with the National Police Chiefs Council, you currently hold the, hold the portfolio for roads policing. The value of roads policing is considerable and it's often underrated and underappreciated. How significant is the role in preventing harm and making our communities safer? It's really interesting uh, that almost uh, six people a day die on our roads in this country. Um, and yet there isn't, in my opinion, a loud enough outcry around that. I, I mean, I find it completely unacceptable that there is that level of death, of trauma, of tragedy, and of course, all of those families who live on without their loved one, or of course, those people who are significantly injured in those collisions, and therefore their lives are changed forever. Uh, and that's really impactive really impactive. And so hopefully this portfolio assists with trying to draw the attention to road policing, uh, make sure that it is more amplified in terms of when people are thinking about our wider communities, and also appreciate the role that every single person has in making those roads safer and therefore reducing the number of people who are killed or seriously injured, because everybody has a role in that. I'm a huge believer that people must take responsibility for their own actions. So either when people get behind the wheel of a vehicle or when they get on a pedal cycle or a horse or when they're a pedestrian, actually there is an incumbent responsibility on all of us to look after those people who are around us. 
to actually drive carefully, to keep an eye out when we're walking, to be road savvy when you're cycling. So that personal responsibility sits on everybody who uses the roads. And if we all actually respect that and take that a bit more seriously, then I do think we can make our roads safer. And that's certainly what we try to really uh, amplify, I suppose, within this portfolio. I absolutely agree, Joe. From um, being involved in a life-threatening collision myself many, many years ago, which was my route into road safety, I can see the ripples of how it damages communities when just a single person is hurt or injured or even killed on the road, how that affects other people around them. Um, and we can do more working together um, and taking that responsibility for ourselves. Um, I'd like to think now about the traffic officers that actually deal with the incidents um, what's been your experience um, from time spent in specialism as to how the welfare of officers who have witnessed or had to deal with serious incidents managed? So I think welfare generally, uh, and I'll talk across policing, but of course, for every collision, there are many more uh, emergency services and people who are impacted on by that. Uh, so I think the welfare has improved. Do I think it's good enough yet? Probably not. Um, I think sometimes there isn't, again, that level of appreciation of exactly what our emergency services, our frontline workers actually see and experience when they go to those collisions, particularly if they are a fatal or uh, seriously injured. Um, sometimes those scenes can be absolutely uh, traumatic. Um, because we're seeing post-COVID a rise in the number of uh, killed and seriously injured collisions, those collisions which really impact upon people's lives and are difficult to deal with. Uh, one of the main thrusts of part of our policy, part of our strategy, is about making sure that we don't forget about those people who have to deal with this on all of the public's behalf day in, day out. One of my other national roles is as the ambassador for Oscar Kilo Nine Wellbeing Dogs. Uh, that's a national um, policing charity all about well-being and looking after the well-being of our officers and frontline staff um, and other staff of course across policing um, and I'm really proud of what we have done around well-being dogs because that's just one small way where if there is a shift or a team or people who have been to a really traumatic scene or incident uh, then we will try and get the well-being dogs uh, to them fairly shortly, you know, within the next week or so after that, because we know that it actually helps to talk um, through what's happened uh, and is a real bonus in terms of that well-being. But we've still got a way to go with it, without a doubt. Thanks, Joe. And that's, a, I think, a really important thing to remember that all emergency services have to deal with traumatic events from time to time. And they still are human beings and they still have the same feelings and, and concerns and still have to deal with that um, after the event. Um, that initiative with the, the wellbeing dogs sounds fantastic. Um, and, and I hope that gets expanded. Um, and if we can help in any way with, in driving for better business, please let us know. Because um, we'd be delighted to help with that. Yeah, thanks very much. I mean, it's, it's expanded nationally um, now so most forces the vast majority of forces now have them um, I mean just in Sussex we have I think it's 17 or 18 now so quite a number um, and they and they don't really cost us very much at all either because they're effectively people's uh, people's pets if you like that then get assessed in their handlers and mental health workers so it links beautifully um, with the roads policing portfolio I think one of the uh, most 
one of the most hidden challenges in terms of the trauma that particularly our roads policing and our family liaison officers um, deal with is obviously the trauma that it does give to the family and the loved ones of those who have died. And I know sometimes we talk about, you know, that knock on the door, but actually for those officers to do that knock on the door, to share with the family that maybe their child or their loved one has passed away in a road traffic collision um, is in itself can be very traumatic. Uh, and so it's important that we recognise exactly what we're asking them to do alongside, of course, those teams who absolutely meticulously and forensically, in order to get the families the answers that they quite rightly deserve, you know, then investigate those scenes, both in terms of the forensic investigation and the wider investigation, so that we can make sure that the coroner, but most importantly, the loved ones, have some idea as to why it happened. Thanks, Joe. So with at least one in three injury collisions involving someone driving for work, employers have a critical role to play in the safety of their drivers and riders. What do you see as the current trends and the factors in these road collisions and how can businesses help to reduce the risk on the road? Mm. Employers definitely do have that critical role. It comes back to that sense of responsibility and, of course, also the lawful duty uh, that they have. So it is really important that corners are not cut. It's really important that vehicles that they're asking their employees to use are safe. It's really important that particularly in terms of delivery drivers, for example, and that huge economy which grew during COVID, that actually people aren't having or being tempted to break speed limits or to drive dangerously in order that they can deliver the work that if you like, their boss has asked them to do. So that responsibility of making sure that both from the vehicle side, but also what we're asking those people on the roads to do uh, has critical importance and employees can really influence that. Making sure that those vehicles are safe as well and as up to date as they can possibly be in terms of any safety features. But of course, what we also know, which is a challenge uh, because we live in reality is that the cost of living uh, is increasing. Uh, and one of my urges at the moment is to urge people not to cut corners and not to save money when it comes to the safety of their vehicles, because it is an obvious place with the cost of living rises um, that that may happen. But of course, by doing that, it could cost you much more money, but more importantly, it could cost someone their life. Absolutely, Joe. Um, thinking about um, the more regulated parts of um, uh, the road users, um, the commercial vehicles, the HGVs, um, it's easy just to do what gets measured. Um, and I completely agree with your um, ethos about don't cut corners. So even if it's not being measured, if there's something that you can do to improve your safety, um, but it's not something that is going to be um, looked at or checked, then it's important that you do it. Um, we all, going back to the responsibility thing, we all have that responsibility. So as well as employers, the employees that drive the vehicles as well um, need to take that responsibility. So police forces are also employers um, of drivers and riders. Um, and in terms of good management of work-related road risk, what's the good practice stories coming up from the police on this? 
So of course we are we are employers of drivers and riders, and we also can have a significant influence in terms of actually training members of the public as well. So there's quite a few schemes across the country, whether or not it's the bike safe scheme or whether or not it's other awareness schemes, uh, which police forces across the country and there's various different examples actually do use to great effect. Um, but of course, in terms of our own driving, we ask um, our officers uh, often to drive in quite difficult decisions. Uh, quite difficult uh, conditions uh, and of course there is all of the assessment and training that goes behind that but within the portfolio we are always looking at how we can make that training better how we can equip those officers with the skills with the improved skills to be able to work in that environment often driving at speed through traffic in order to answer a 999 an urgent call um, or to go after a vehicle that we know has somebody who is either wanted or been involved in a crime. So all of that training, the professional practice, the assessment of how we actually use that in policing and making sure that we are proportionate in terms of how we drive in emergency conditions, I don't think has ever been more important, particularly when you relate it to confidence in policing. And I think all of that is very much bound up in um, the strategy, National Roads Policing Strategy. So we talked earlier about policing our roads together, and of course it's intrinsically linked to that, um, and preventing harm and saving lives. It's as important that um, we prevent harm, both by driving sometimes in those conditions, but also by making the decision not to, and making sure that those risk assessments and those training um, are good and solid and that officers understand their responsibilities. Uh, but we do have a duty to tackle crime. Uh, and so one of the spokes, if you like, of that strategy is around understanding what role roads and what role our officers and staff who use the roles, uh, use the roads have in tackling crime, because there are very few criminals who don't use the roads. And that links really with the third part of the strategy around driving technology and innovation. And there's a bit of a play on words there because it's as much about the technology that can be introduced into vehicles, both emergency service vehicles, but also our own vehicles that we use in our private capacity. Because if we can design out those features which actually cause accidents um, or certainly don't prevent accidents, then that's got to be something that we should be driving hard to do and making sure that we're using that innovation. But of course, that also brings challenges as well. Um, but the most important thing which links to this is the changing minds. We must change minds to change behaviours. I'm such a huge believer in that, that if you want me to do something, then you'll need to persuade me why that's a good idea in the first place. And therefore we need to change people's minds that it's not okay to drive with excess speed. It's not okay to drive whilst under the influence of drink or drugs. It's not okay not to wear a seatbelt. It's not okay to use your mobile phone and it's not okay to drive antisocially on the roads. It comes back to that personal responsibility. So we must continue to influence and change people's minds so that they make the right decision in every way behind the wheel. Thank you, Joe. I'm really grateful for your insight today. Um, the takeaway from today is that actually it's a shared responsibility. We all have that responsibility to use the roads appropriately and safely, as well as those that use the roads for business, and as well as the highway authorities 
who have the responsibility to design, build and maintain the roads so we can use them safely. Joe, it's been a pleasure today. For more information on the charity um, that the MPCC is supporting with the welfare dogs, um, please visit Driving for Better Business and for all other information about managing your work-related road risk. Thank you very much, Joe. Thank you. Brought to you by Driving for Better Business.